0: Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by Asweatlife.com, on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. And stick around, goal getter. At the end of this episode, we'll be talking to someone who's just like you, out there achieving big goals. Yeah, I said But this is a very special hostful episode on which you'll hear from the four hosts of We Got Goals, me, Gina Anderson-Cohen, Cindy Kuzma, Kristen Guile, and Maggie Umberger. And we'll be talking about when we tried new things and how that all turned out.
1: Good morning, Gina.
0: Good morning, Gina. Hi, Gina. Good morning, team. And we decided to try new things because all of us had interviewed high achievers who'd inserted some sort of creative element into their life. On further assessment of those episodes, we kind of wanted that too.
1: Gina, I know you tried something new lately that was super fun and interesting. Do you want to kick this off? Yes, I sure did. So I tried a Second City
0: three-day intensive. So it was three days of writing and improv. Every day we did about eight hours in classroom, and then we went home with homework. And the homework each day was to create a four-page script, which doesn't sound like that much. Maybe it does. (laughs) It sounds like a lot. (laughs) Okay. It was. It was a lot. I spent hours each night working on the script and working on sort of different concepts of scene work that we'd talk through in class, and I loved it. It was hard. It was fun. It was revealing. It was everything.
2: So Gina, this experience for you is something I think a lot of adults want to do when we say like, I want to go back to school. And maybe not with all of that that entails of like enrolling in an entire you know program that's going to cut you away from your full-time job for years on end. But to be able to immerse yourself back in a classroom setting is something I know I wish I could do because I think I didn't appreciate it when I was in college as much as I would now in learning something new, a whole new skill. So what was that like to get to go back to the classroom?
0: That's exactly what I was craving, Maggie. I just needed an opportunity to learn and stretch creatively. I kept, as I was describing why I was doing this to people, I kept showing the length between my hands with my arms outstretched. I just want to stretch. I just want to get creative again because I felt like I was lacking something. I, I hadn't done anything new or I hadn't really given myself that creative break. That's exactly what this experience was good for. It was three days of an intensive rather than a year of an in-classroom experience which is probably the best way for me personally to do something like this right now because I could commit to it. It's just three days. It's not every Thursday for three months. It's not a whole year of in classroom. It wasn't that outside the realm of possibility for me, but it was a stretch outside of my comfort zone.
1: Well, it's interesting too. I would love to hear how it has echoed for you now that you're done with it and back to your job. Because, you know, when we look at our guests on We Got Goals who have done something like this, who took on an outside interest or, or did something creative or went a different direction and then carried that back and, and found that it helped them achieve their goals. We see that a lot, like with Amanda McRory, who's a really accomplished Paralympic track and field athlete and marathoner. She found that she was a lot more successful at her sport when she went back to grad school. So did you find a similar sort of expansion of your professional skills based on doing something that took you outside of that comfort zone?
0: Short answer, yes. Long answer, I think every day is an opportunity to be creative, but sometimes it can feel like you're trapped in a, a sort of cycle of routine. And it's so important. We've heard guests like Laura Vanderkam talk about why it's important to sort of change up the routine so you feel like your time is passing maybe a little slower and you feel like you're experiencing life a little richer and deeper. I was definitely stuck on a hamster wheel for a moment in time where I just felt like I, I wasn't doing anything new or different or creative. So in my own work, I feel every day, every moment is an opportunity to sort of improv. But I think I had been almost looking at it the wrong way until I took this intensive. Very much so, I believe in the concept of yes and in being creative. And yes and, if you're not familiar with it at home, is a concept of improv, which means that not only do I accept what my scene partner gives to me, I build on it. So I say yes to what you've presented to me, I add to it rather than taking away from it. So if Maggie were to say, I'm in a hot air balloon. Can you believe we can see all the way down? Yes, we're in a hot air balloon. And oh my God, there's a flock of birds. So there's always something that you can add to a situation. And what that does is, for me, that gets me out of my own head. My ideas aren't the only ideas. I accept the ideas, or I try to even more now, accept the ideas that are sort of being presented. And rather than saying, yes, and how about we do it this other way? (laughs) It's more like, yes, and I hear where you're coming from. That's really smart and we could add on to it. So I, I definitely am using it that way. There are also always opportunities where we're speaking in public and things go wrong and we're hosting events and things go wrong. And I, I think our team does a really good job of being impervious to the things that go wrong and not showing it on our faces. So I, I think all of that sort of feeds into what we're doing every single day. Maggie, I know you were the one who talked to Laura about routine and
3: time tracking and how some novelty can make our days seem very distinct from each other.
2: Can you tell us a little bit more about that interview? That interview has stuck with me more than a a lot of conversations I've had really in the last couple months. I keep hearing some of the things that we talked about like played back to me. The idea that you, when you take time to do things, you actually start to believe and understand that you are able to do those things. So when you take time, which actually does sort of like detract from the amount of time that you have during the week because you're spending it doing something different. But if you take the time to do it, then your brain starts to accommodate for that and believe that you do have the time to do it. And so it just, it does get you out of that rote habit of, When you do one thing over and over again, your brain starts to think of it as like one event versus multiple events that are all very different experiences. And they're really memories. It's not just time. Like we want to have memories. And so that's what she believes in. And that's a big thing that time tracking has helped her see. And so that's really stuck with me. And I think that's a a huge factor in in how I've seen the benefits of trying something new over the last couple months that we've been talking about this. I've tried to do a couple new things and I I didn't sign up for a special like intensive like you, Gina, but I have dabbled in a couple things that I have been on the back burner of my mind that I say that I enjoy, but I actually haven't spent time doing or or giving time over to those things. And so to actually put it on my calendar and say I'm going to do it and to put it among my list of to-dos Has been a real game changer, I think, in just bringing those actions, those ideas, and I'll explain what those are in a minute, to the forefront. So I have always said I love dancing, and I've always said that I love comedy. Dancing I have a background in, but comedy I have no background in at all. I just think things are really funny, and I love watching stand-up. So I started writing like an outline for my own stand-up act without... Really any I don't have any training and I'm not gonna pretend like it's funny or that it's good, but at least it's writing. And then I plan on taking a stand up class, an intensive when I can. And for dance to actually get back in the studio was a man, it was humbling. It was I was terrible. I was so bad, but I was so (laughs) proud to do it because for so long I didn't go back to the studio because I was afraid to be bad because I knew I used to be better and I didn't want to feel bad at something that I used to feel good at. So I got to class and it was super hard and it reminded me of a a piece of my brain that I hadn't used in a long time which is picking up what someone else is doing, internalizing it, like memorizing it, putting it in my own body and then making it look natural within like 15 minutes because then you're doing it in front of other people. It's so nerve wracking. We all did it as a group. The instructor selected like seven people out of the group of maybe 30 that he said, do this better. So it wasn't the people that did it well. It was the people that he thought maybe had potential, but like, we're not killing it up there by any means. And I was one of those. So it was my true nightmare, like come to life, like doing something I'm not super confident in that I know I'm not great at. And now I have to do it in front of people. Like actually people sitting down watching me and I bombed, like I forgot the choreography and it was, but then I was like, okay, I'm still alive. It's not that bad. And I move forward. And I don't think we do a lot of the things that we're not great at because we don't want to spend our time doing that, but I just did it. And I'm super proud to say that I did it. And so that's a a big thing that I learned that I think I'll carry with me.
0: Were you regular people bad or were you former dancer bad? Because I I feel like a regular person walking <laughs> into that class would go much differently than a trained
2: dancer. Potentially. But, you know, I mean, we are our own biggest critics, so right. maybe. But I really did forget all the choreography. It was so fast that it was like when I messed up on one eight count, I was messed up for the next four eight counts until I could catch back up. It was like a chain effect of just like, oh, this is going down really quickly. (laughs) And so but and then in the moment I was like frustrated. And then I left and I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. I've never done something that I've been bad at and had no consequences. And I walk out feeling good. Like I didn't feel bad when I walked out. I felt good. And that was a new that was a new feeling.
1: Well as someone who's never been good at dancing, I have to say, even your language about it is like, I I don't even, I couldn't even articulate like what you are (laughs) describing. I watch people dance and I I don't understand like how they use their body in that way. It's an incredible thing to witness. So A, that's cool. (laughs) B, I think this really ties back to some of our conversation in our last hostful episode about resilience. Sometimes when we try these new things or go back to old things, we give ourselves an opportunity to fail in a safe way, and then we do walk out feeling good and realize that we can take a risk, we can fail, we can be better for it, and that it's sort of like a safe proving ground for that kind of stuff. Is that something that you kind of felt? Yeah,
2: totally. I mean, I think that's why we, a lot of reason why we build routines is so that we can take that element of guesswork out of our day and then to you know be better at the things that we are already good at we just practice the things that we're getting better at and it just be it can fall into this habit of creating a safety zone and i think that's good to to have but these experiences let you step out of that a little bit and and kind of see what's on the other side without too much uh, risk of failure like it really isn't a failure it's just an experience so i've got nothing but good things to say about trying new things <laughs> But I mean, Kristen, you're somebody who who enjoys routine. And so the idea of doing something out of your routine, what were your initial thoughts to doing that? Uh, I was dealing with a lot of existential dread for the most part.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to figure out how to say this. It's not that I hate trying new things. It's just that I really love my routine. And I get just kind of anxious when I don't have my plan for the day or the week or the month. So... My little way of trying something new was like very small, but it did tie back into what you were just saying about Laura Vanderkamp and how once you show yourself that you can add something new into the day, that you can change up the routine, it becomes so much more possible to do it. So my try something new was to go to a fish market. I've never been to one before and I got all the stuff to make homemade sushi. So that was what I did. And it's it's like very small and very random. I don't get a ton of joy out of cooking. Like I don't even think I cook really thinking about it. I assemble meals in bowls is what I (laughs) tend to do for every single meal. So it's a lot more chopping and that kind of stuff than actually cooking and like thinking about it, which I guess sushi is technically not cooking either, except for the rice. But I did it and I started making the sushi at 9 a.m. on like a random Thursday morning. And it was actually a lot of fun. It wasn't too hard. I enjoyed it with my boyfriend. I felt very accomplished and very impressed and more just like satisfied than anything else. I was like, yeah, I can do something different. Look how crazy I am making sushi (laughs) at 9 (laughs) a.m. At 9 a.m. I didn't eat till night or I didn't eat it until that night because I'm not a monster, but. Yeah, so that was my try something new. And I know it's small and I know it's not as exciting to talk about as cardio hip hop dance class or an improv intensive, but it was a good little rebellion for me.
1: Well, what I really love about it and what I love about this whole idea of trying new things is it shifts our definition of ourselves. We get used to thinking about ourselves as, you know, whether it's a specific person, uh, like I am a person who loves routine or I'm a person who does this. When we realize that we can do these other things, we can change and we can enjoy it. I think it just like opens up this space for what else could happen? What else could I do? What can this sushi lead to later on?
3: It led most immediately to my boyfriend coming home the next night with like scallops and making this incredible gourmet like zucchini noodles and homemade alfredo sauce and sauteed scallops meals so for like a couple of days we were trying to one-up each other in the kitchen and then it just stopped (laughs) but luckily i've got leftover seaweed paper so maybe i'll start it over again next week and we can get back into our iron chef in our household
0: what's interesting is that i think we're all toying with the idea of identity you just mentioned it cindy and your identity is so interesting because it is fluid You are a person who likes routines. I swiftly reject routines. In fact, I rebel very hard against them. I like for my life, my day, my workouts, my everything to be different. But my identity is very, very much tied to a sweat life. I am the person who started a sweat life like that. I'm very proud of that. But when I was in the second city class, I didn't mention it. Not once. Because I wanted to see how it felt to just be a person among people <laughs> who, who didn't tie her whole identity to her work. And it was incredible. It was hard at first to just not say it because I'm used to saying like my name and what I do. But it was my name and here's what I can offer rather than that. So I find that very interesting. Cindy, you
1: like routines. I do like routines, yes.
0: To me, if I were to define your identity, I would say Cindy is a runner who loves to write.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I might say that, or I might say I'm a writer who likes mm-hmm. to run, one or the other. So what I kind of thought about when I thought about trying something new was actually going back to kind of a previous piece of my identity. Again, I used to be younger. I used to be someone who went out more. I used to go see lots of live music. I used to go to music festivals. In fact, like the first few years that Lollapooza came back here, we went like four or five years in a row, all three, it was three days at a time. We went all three days. I had groups of friends come in from out of town and like, we just left our normal lives. And that was something that we did for three days and then went back to our normal lives later. And that's not something I would do now because it doesn't fit with the rest of my identities. But I did want to go back to that experience of live music and being an observer. Of that. So I did. Uh, in the past couple months, I've gone to like six shows, I think, including a day of a festival, Manby on the Beach, and a couple of Lollapalooza after shows, which started at 11 p.m., which challenged my identity as an old person who goes to bed early and gets <laughs> up early. And I felt like there was so much that was good about it because even though i I feel really busy right now with the writing and the running and like I don't have time for that kind of stuff putting everything else aside and really going and having an immersive mindful experience at a musical event is something that gave me creative fuel in a way that I had forgotten that I even needed so you know back to that idea of, of breaking out of your routine and and having a more expansive view of what's possible and also channeling a different kind of energy into the existing projects that you have I feel this little experiment even if it made me tired some days, (laughs) really gave me something special that I had been missing in my life and also challenged me to think differently about about myself.
0: So if you look at past episodes, when we talked to Fred DeVito from Mm -hmm. Exhale, Fred's come to be a friend of a sweat life. And he, every time we talk to him, talks about music and music is a huge part of his identity and it fuels his creativity, but he plays music. Do you see live music and music sort of playing into your future? Are you going to continue this?
1: possibly. I went back and listened to his episode and I loved the way he talked about music and how you, especially when you're playing, especially when you're doing like jazz improv, how present you really have to be for that. Like the other musicians are going to know if your mind wanders and you get away from a verse and you kind of lose the thread, they're going to know immediately. And that sort of mindfulness and accountability. I mean, it it actually kind of reminds me of what we do here when we're doing these podcasts. We have to stay present. We're having this conversation that other people are going to listen to. And I really like that idea of playing with a different form of creative accountability. And I've taken singing classes at Old Town School of Folk Music in the past, which was super fun. And I would love to go back and do that again. I'm not very good at it, but when I practice, I get better. And it's kind of actually a cool experience. I think, you know, Maggie, to your point, too, and, and to yours, too, Gina, like doing something that you're not good at when you're used to being good at other things or used to feeling like you're experienced at other things is is also a fun kind of identity to try on. So and to realize that you can do that and get better and be OK. So, yeah, I think I think I will try that some more. And, and maybe, you know, maybe I'll sing a, in an introduction to Maggie's stand-up show.
2: Oh man, tickets on sale soon. (laughs) (laughs) Love it.
0: So what's interesting is I think what all of us kind of sought, no matter what we did was adding some sort of well-rounded element and if we look back at previous guests on the podcast when they sort of sought outside influences outside creative forces that's what they were looking for too i think of amanda mcrory diego estrada they were looking for things in their lives as well did anyone sort of impact you in that way
3: yeah. So I immediately go back to my interview with Stephanie Johnson, who was on Survivor and who I actually got to meet in real life this weekend at the Propel Collabs Fitness Festival in Chicago. So that was really cool to see her and say hi. But she had said that she had been applying for Survivor for 17 years straight. So that comes out to 34 times because they have two a year so she started with with after she saw the very first show and she continued until she got on the show in 2017 and throughout it all she even though she was consistently applying consistently doing this thing to try and get noticed by the casting directors she stayed true to her own interests. And she worked on developing these passions because she realized that doing interesting things, actually, I don't think she realized this. I think it was just something she realized in the post, but that doing interesting things makes you an interesting person. So she, behind the scenes of all of this application process, decided to start training for an Iron Man and doing triathlons and really making that a passion of hers. And eventually the casting directors picked her to be on the cast of Survivor and they pointed to her triathlon identity that she had taken on as the reason that now was the time for her to be on the show. So I've been trying to think about that more often when the opportunity comes to try new things that if you do interesting things, you become more interesting yourself And you have more to talk about, more ways to connect with other people and
1: enrich other people's lives beyond just your own. That's such a good point. And I think, too, even to take it back to being more selfish for a minute, sometimes these new things that you do, you know, they really kind of fuel you in unexpected ways or improve your performance and things that you do care about in unexpected ways. So I'm sure, in addition to just making her a more interesting person to be picked to be on Survivor, like the skills that she gained through training for triathlons also increased her endurance and her ability to thrive when she did get on Survivor. And when I think about back when I took singing lessons, you know, that focus on breathing and building those diaphragm muscles was actually helpful for my running. And I wasn't expecting that. And I wouldn't have like set out with that as a goal, but it was a nice bonus. So I think that's kind of a cool way to look at it too, that even on a really like sort of granular physical level, sometimes these new things improve us in ways that we weren't expecting.
0: And when you think about high achievers who we are in the business of talking to, you look at Nicole Bernard Dawes and she looked to something outside of her. She's sort of focused on business, business, business and her family. And she looked to something outside of those two things with her Peloton bike. And that actually helped her manage her stress, get her workouts in and shake up her routine as well. I know that you interviewed her, Cindy. How do you think that bike impacted her?
1: Well, again, it just sort of, you know, she didn't think she had time to work out. So she took out some of the barriers to that. And and that was really helpful. But getting that time away and getting that time to clear her head and relieving stress definitely uh, fueled back into her business and also just made her a happier person and probably did make, you know, other people's lives better, too, in terms of making her a better boss and giving her a better understanding for her employees. So I, I do think it was something that just had so many good implications for her and for the people around her. And while it might have seemed like something that she didn't have time for, when she created the time, it just paid off in so many more ways than she even could have expected.
2: I keep going back to, I think what you said, Cindy, that and and Eugenia about what these new experiences do for our identities. I think about a lot of our guests that are really, really charismatic and you can tell like they know who they are. I think that probably doing new things and constantly infusing their daily lives with rich experiences is that element of like building resilience and knowing who you are amidst, despite, along with all, you know, anything that gets thrown in your path or anything that you do that is out of your comfort zone. You make it a part of your comfort zone eventually. I think, you know, all of these high achievers have. Uh, have these stories of like doing new things and incorporating them into their lives. And then they still know who they are and they know the goals that they're going after, like that Stephanie did end up on Survivor. Um, and I think all of these things that we're, we're talking about, whether they ultimately help, you know, I don't know that dancing will ever make me achieve some big goal that I have in the future, but it is something that fuels my fire. And I love that feeling that I get when I'm doing it. And so I don't really, I think about that. I don't really care if I'm being productive. <laughs> while doing it. I think I get too much stuck on being productive and not enough accepting of how new experiences can also influence my identity in a in a different way, just in a wholesome way.
0: It's interesting that you mentioned productivity because we get obsessed with productivity as humans, but we're not Robots. We need outside things. We need to fuel our fire. We need to take a break. We need to breathe and learn and grow and stretch. And I think we constantly, Maggie and I, are very similar humans in that we'll think of ourselves as robots rather than human beings for a period of time, and we'll get to that wall of human (laughs) when we're acting like robots no i can sleep five hours a night no i can work constantly no i can teach 28 classes a week on top of all of the other things that i do no problem no problem (laughs) my body is fine and then something breaks or we break or there's a mental break or whatever something breaks so it's it's interesting to also hear these high achieving guests kind of have those moments as well Amanda McGrory, I've mentioned her before, but she found her training not effective anymore to a certain extent. So when she sort of went back to school, she finally found the joy in her training and she found success in her training as well. So I think it's not just us that we can't just be robots. It's humans in general, man. Mm -hmm. Tough to be a human. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. But I think both of those points are so true. And when you think about resilience and you think about this idea of being like a well-rounded human – I mean, I'm, again, working on this book right now about the psychological side of sports injuries. And where athletes, when they get hurt, really get tripped up is when their entire identity is in their sport. And we talk in the book about how important it is to build a balanced life. So if you do get injured, which happens because we're humans and not robots, and actually even robots break. And sometimes that's even worse because <laughs> <like, laughs> they don't have magical self-repairing bodies like we do. Actually, our bodies are amazing if we give them the chance to heal. But it's tough to be robots too. Exactly. That's a whole other episode. But if you don't have that well-balanced life beforehand, it is so much more devastating when difficult things come up because you lose all of your identity and you don't even know which direction to go. You feel completely lost. So if you start to build in these outside interests, these other pieces of your identity, these other things that fuel your fire, Maggie, like you say, in whatever way is really meaningful to you, whether it's quote unquote productive or not, you can adjust more easily to any obstacle in your way to one particular goal. You have other things that you know, even if it is something really devastating and permanent that's going to shift your goals forever, you know that there are other goals that could be just as meaningful to you if you took the time to readjust. And that's really, again, when you talk about resilience, one of the the ultimate Examples of that is being able to shift to a new goal and feel just as excited and accomplished about achieving it. And that's what we, I think, see with a lot of our guests who have made those adjustments and still lived amazing, productive lives in in the face of adversity.
0: What's next for everybody in doing new things? I'm going to keep dancing. (laughs) (laughs) I bought a 10-pack, so I have to go back.
3: (laughs) I have no idea, to be honest. I hadn't thought about it until now, but I will get back to you. You go right back to that routine. And when you need something,
1: you do it. <laughs> yes. It was an assignment. I checked it off, and I'll try it again in the future. <laughs> I'm really thinking about going back to the singing lessons. Now, I hadn't actually thought of it before I walked in this room, but it was really fun, and I'd like to access that again. How about you, Gina?
0: I really enjoyed my experience at the Second City. I made like, camp friends. If anyone in this room has ever gone to summer camp, you know what I mean. But it's it's like a shared experience that no one else gets, And you have all these inside jokes and you try to make them to other people from your real life and no one understands you except for your camp friends. I really enjoyed getting that close to a group of people in three days and bonding over something as fun but also as powerful as improv. So I may go back for either once a week class, but I know myself, so it'll probably be more like an intensive in the future
1: awesome well perhaps we will do a follow-up episode in a few months or a year from now and see how all of those exciting new things went for us the second time around but in the meantime thank you all so much for trying something new for being brave for being bold and for being willing to talk about it really appreciate it great to chat with you all thank so you fun team.
0: Yeah,
1: hey goal getters cindy kuzma here Get ready because we are about to play another goal from one of you, our listeners. If you would like to share one of your goals, whether it was a goal you've achieved, a goal you have for the future, maybe even a new thing you tried that was fun and inspiring in a way you didn't expect, you can tell us about it and you could be featured on a future episode of We Got Goals. To do it, just record an audio memo and email it to me at cindy at a Thanks for listening, and here is one of your goals.
0: Yeah, I said I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not around.
1: So, my name is Joe. I'm from Singapore and Hong Kong. So, I've been really working on my fitness goals right now. I'm uh, trying to get leaner for um, of summer and trying to put on more muscle mass. And what's one a strategy that's really good for me is just getting a bunch of my friends, motivating each other, um, and really setting up a time, like um, one, one time a week to get together and to work on different strength and conditioning exercises. And right now I'm also very into gymnastics. So I've got a bunch of buddies where we go out and we um, we spend some time tumbling, doing handstands together. And so that's really fun. We uh, really push ourselves and um, it's been like, it's been great. It's been uh, very fulfilling. And um, sometimes it's hard to um, find some time to uh, get with friends, but when, when we do, it's just, it makes your
0: weekend um, uh, so
2: much better.
1: This podcast is a sweatlife.com production, and it's another thing that's better with friends. So please share it with yours you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts including now on spotify and while you're there if you could leave us a rating or a review we would really appreciate it special thanks to jay mono for our theme music to our guests uh, who are our co-hosts this week gina anderson cohen Kristen guile maggie umberger and to you our listeners tech nexus for the recording studio and kathy Lai for editing this week